gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 69 for Friday, May 1st, 2014. It is officially summer months. And what better way to kick it off than with a review of The Avengers, The Age of Adeline. <laughs> I think that's the name of it, right? Yeah. Of one of them is ageless and it's the hot one. <laughs> that sounds what? actually pretty accurate. Uh, as you might have heard, Dave Gonzalez is on this review podcast. It is such a Woo! special day. I saw the movie. Oh my god! Dave and an important like one for you to card, see, I would say it was. Yeah, it was. It was nice. It, um, it, this is. I don't know. I covered the first Avengers from when it started, but if if, if like back in the day, it was like, is Marvel going to be able to pull this off? This has been like the first comic book blockbuster movie I've followed all the way through from like it's an, since it was weird, a little baby blockbuster. Yeah, and did it have any surprises in store for you? Actually, yes, uh, because a lot of the sources that we had early on who had access to like the script that was passed around the internet and had a special unlocking code, which is how Marvel g- gives a script around after Samuel Jackson lost his physical copy of uh, Avengers 1 script, um, there were major changes uh, that we could maybe talk about if anyone's curious at the end of this podcast. Yeah, we will definitely get into a lot of the things that Dave predicted that might happen and may or may not have happened <laughs> in those spoilery posts that you may or may not, may not have read. Uh, but we want to start pretty basic talking about this movie, which is a sequel to The Avengers. It finds... Uh, the team back together with some additional people involved, notably James Spader as Ultron, who is the villain this time, and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson as, oh my God, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Quicksilver and Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. I got that right, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, also Julie Delpy's in this movie somewhere, which we might talk about later <laughs> In the on. background. It's a big movie with a lot of people, including the people who I think at least three of us are in this one. movie. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have a cameo somewhere in a... Uh, some There's a Spaceballs moment where it's actually just shots of the audience waving at each other and being like, it's now. It's <laughs> happening now. Now, now. <laughs> I forgot I want to see the Spaceballs version of the Avengers. Um, if you listen to the main episode this week, you may have gotten a taste of David's <laughs> feelings about this movie. And we wanted to let David start first because not only because he was relatively passionate about it in the main review, but, uh, you know, I think I feel like at this point you guys tune in to hear David hate on some Marvel movies, and I get the feeling he's not going to disappoint. Yeah, we need a trigger he, warning right here. <laughs> trigger <laughs> warning. Trigger it's about to get to pretty ugly. <laughs> in the sake of transparency for our audience, you want me to start because I've been drinking, and you would like me to embarrass myself as soon well, as possible. Well, we also want you to not yell over Dave whenever. That's uh, that's a really paranoid point of view. I think <laughs> that, that is. I think that a good viewing of Age of Ultron would be like acknowledge its faults first. Uh-huh. I think that's a good way to start. Uh-huh. And I think right, you're, you're, you're the best person to give that to us. I was sober when I saw this. Um, anyway, so the Avengers, Age of Ultron, where to begin? Uh, I think long-term listeners, long-term, long-time listeners to the show know that the Avengers is far and away my favorite of the Marvel movies and really the only one that I can tolerate in large part because, A, Joss Whedon respects spatial relations in the movie and uses uh, the sort of CGI'd long takes that we talked about at length in this week's main episode to uh, bring all the various Avengers together. And B, because Loki is a villain with some real pathos rather than somebody who simply lusts after power for its own sake or 
has a more nonsensical agenda, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, relative to Marvel movies, I was actually rather excited for the Age of Ultron, and so I want you to take my disappointment, not with a grain of salt, but uh, with at least some significance. Um, terror. Th- this is Age of Ultron uh, is the moment where you can really feel the Marvel bubble beginning to burst or at least strain in its dimensions. I'm starting to get sense, uh, you know, it's a sense that people who are not quite as militant against these things as I am really beginning to tire of uh, the MCU. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, the Age of Ultron is uh, pretty clear evidence why. There are a few too many superheroes. There's too much going on. It's too much into its own, up its own asshole with its mythology. Um, you have... One too many characters, or maybe a few too many characters, for Joss Whedon to juggle. And you can feel that right from the start when the movie opens with uh, probably its strongest scene where he introduces everything in media res and all those shots you've seen in the trailer of the Avengers jumping in formation um, and picking up really right where we left off and having them organized as a, as a fully functional team. Um, from there, the movie is a hot, hot mess, complete with one of, uh, maybe not Marvel's worst villain, but Someone who, well, I'll say this: the reason he's not the, the worst Avengers, villain. Do you remember the one no. from Guardians of the Galaxy? I do. Or The reason that <laughs> Age of Ultron is the second best Marvel movie, which is uh, if you're not first, you're last. I take a very Ricky Bobby approach to this. Is oh because finally, uh, it's a Marvel movie that's actually about something. What Ultron does is this sort of uh, – he's James Spader. He is an AI who Tony Stark engineers to uh, – rather than uh, Ant-Man uh, does in the comics, it's Tony Stark's baby. Tony Stark's baby. Um, I'm sorry. You, are you referencing outside comic storylines and Shut crossing – Shut your dirty no, little Let him go. Let him go. Yeah. I did not um, I am going to give you a wedgie David's and stuff your head <laughs> yeah. in a toilet. What is uh, wrong I with say, you? I want to say Hank Pym. Is Ant Man's name? Wow. Is that right? Harold yeah, Pin? Hey, Hank? Yeah, yeah. Hank? Wow. You know what? I don't. I don't di- really disagree with anything that you fucking you've said question. Yet. I haven't said anything so far. Disagree? So He's just uh, plotting. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So, so he introduces his baby to be sort of a safety belt around Earth to keep the bad guys out, to keep the good guys in. Um, Basically, so he doesn't have to jump into battle as much. Exactly. To, to make it sort of somewhere. autonomous, the avenging autonomous. Uh, yeah, it doesn't go so well. Automaton. Um, and Ultron. Ultron uh, is born as this sort of AI who hops from metal body to metal body in a movie with 72,000 different robots. He is distinguished by his penchant for quoting Pinocchio and his red eyes, which uh, truly and makes him... his fader voice, right, honestly should not be discounted. It makes him a fascinating villain, I say facetiously. Anyway, uh, all the Avengers, including... Uh, well, some new faces uh, who may or may not wind up being Avengers. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, uh, not to be confused with Scarlett Johansson, join the picture. There are way too many balls in the air. And unfortunately, Joss Whedon doesn't seem to have the time to keep uh, proper attention on everything rather than actually directing any of the action sequences. Again, we default to that Winter Soldier mode of coverage uh, that is cut together into something that is almost at its best coherent, but truly <laughs> nauseating by the end. The last 40 minutes of this movie in which a city is floating over Europe are so boring, I can't even tell you. Anyway, um, what I love about this movie, or at least like about it, is that it finally confronts the Avengers with their own invulnerability, with their invincibility, with their impermanence. That's what Ultron is all about uh, as this AI who has no permanent shape and hops from body to body as we really see in one 
scene where he interrupts his own speech by cutting one of his metal bodies in half. Um, and why, for the first half of the movie, Ultron is the most fascinating villain that the, Ultra, the, the Avengers have had since Loki, um, or aside from Loki. Unfortunately, his quasi-environmentalist plan, I won't spoil it for you further than that, um, it makes absolutely no fucking sense. It is completely lost <laughs> in the chaos, uh, and this movie becomes completely turgid and representative of all the worst things about superhero movies, and I could not wait for its 140 wow. minutes aspirating minutes so to what be you, over. So but... what you like about this movie is the plot, not the direction. It's almost like exactly. summer 2014 is reverting from post-human <laughs> back to human. <laughs> Back oh my god! The first, the first forty-five minutes to hour of this movie are working for really for the first time in a Marvel movie with legitimate themes, with with things of merit, with heft, with weight to them, where you feel you feel the accumulated uh, energy of two fucking phases of these movies that are actually meaning something. You recognize the characters aren't going to die, but you start dealing with their relative mortality in meaningful ways so do you like the party uh, scenes then, where they're just standing around chit-chatting and drinking champagne the, the, the party scene is a bit silly but once um oh, but what the ultron the light in which ultron casts these characters is very interesting what we see of hawkeye's personal life what we see of uh um it, it's woefully underexplored but the contention between uh the hulk of bruce banner and tony stark these things are interesting before the demands of a Marvel movie begin to outpace any of the intelligence at work here, and uh, it becomes one of the worst Marvel movies in the last hundred, almost a hundred minutes. Wait, you minutes. said it was the second best. It is this overall. <laughs> overall, uh, this the Joss Fooey, Whedon films are really Fooey. cut above the rest. Wow. Um, okay. Wait. Yeah. Let's hand the baton right. over to Dave. Well, anyway. no, wait, I want I Dave. I want to throw it to Dave in a really specific way. So uh, we're talking about how this might be coming back to uh, not post-human but pre-human blockbuster. I think one of the big accomplishments in this movie is that Joss Whedon is trying to bring back the humanity to the Marvel Universe in the way that both the themes and what Ultron is trying to accomplish and the way that he makes the film. Is that something that you were interested in and do you see that in this movie? This Dave? Yeah, sorry. I want. Yeah, I'm trying. You, Dave. I'm trying to talk yeah. To you. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the thing that makes Age of Ultron work is that you care about all these characters in the way. It's the most comic booky of the comic book movies because it's the middle installment of so many things that nothing can possibly be resolved. Things could only be sort of like handed off to the next thing. So what you're tuning in for like age of Ultron is not necessarily what the overall motivation is. I think there's like, there's a lot of really sly words written in the script or like quick exposition that like makes it seem like while Ultron's off screen, he's being active and making decisions and possibly being foiled so that we never get to see like a pure Ultron plan. And then there's another character that's introduced about halfway through that, Think everyone knows the divisions in the movie, so we'll just yeah. When once Vision, I'd say he's introduced like three quarters of the way. Yeah, he's kind of an ending. He's a, yeah, he's a late arrival. He's in the well, once Vision. <laughs> once Vision shows up, uh, everything that's sort of logic about the movie goes out the window, and it becomes this sort of uh, a series of uh, scenes of interaction, either between team fighting as a team or you know finally coming together after fighting for the middle of the movie because the Scarlet Witch can 
convenient to the plot play mind games. But like the reason Age of Ultron works and doesn't fall apart because it has nothing to say ultimately on the plot side is because you want to see these characters interact and you want to see the next installment in their emotional journey, um, knowing that some of them will be coming to the close in the future, not necessarily, you know, here. Like, people's contracts are running out. This is like the Empire Strikes Back of Avengers. Well, okay, without any knowledge of whose contract is running out, because honestly, I don't really even know that much, whose arc do you feel like you get something from, but kind of get a hint at being like, okay, well, we'll we'll do this now, but we'll get back to more of that later. Like, who are you? Who do you really feel like you got teased in this more than an actual story from? I think there's a lot set up for the next Captain America movie um, in a way that the next Captain America movie is really going to be a join a joining piece as much as Captain America: The Winter Soldier was, because like the beginning of this movie. If, like, you've only seen the Avengers, if you're just tuning in for the Avengers movies, there's a lot of weird plot things where it's like, well, we, at the end of the first movie, they have Loki's scepter, and at the beginning, they're, like, going after it. And so it's like, if you haven't, you know, stick around for all the post credit scenes or read the comic books in between, <laughs> if you haven't engaged in the story world, then you're I forced... I have no memory of what Welcome to the story world. Why those people had it. I Wait, have no if, idea. But if the next movie it. has Hawkeye and Iron Man and Captain America, this Civil War shit, how is it not an Avengers movie? Uh, well, they want you to you think that. Ma- That's exactly what they want you to think. Yes. Maybe this was... Maybe this is better for spoiler talk. Well, um, yeah. I mean... Let's in, not get just too in deep general, in here. Just in general, when Marvel was announcing, like, you know, in the phase two, and we started getting, you know, like, Iron Man, once we got Iron Man 3, it's sort of, everybody sort of assumed, like, the main three guys would be getting their own, like, mini trilogies that would tell a story. And what we're really seeing is it's more like a comic book where these things are interweaving. And so the reason that you tune in to any particular installment isn't necessarily because that installment's going to have necessary plot. It's because that installment has the character relationships that you now, like, which is mm-hmm. why me as a comic book reader would read certain comics. This is one of my, and I think that's why people who don't bother with Thor or Captain America will go see the Avengers because of the huge number of characters and people that they're from. I guess, yeah, but this, that's a huge that. problem in this movie for me. I mean, I really enjoyed Avengers: Age of Ultron. I should state that up front, but. This movie is a little bit like doing donuts in the mud in a really cool Jeep or something, you know? You're not going anywhere, but you're still moving very quickly, and you're just going in circles, and it's a it's a messy time. Um, but to speak of the emotional arcs, there, there's none. Like, I'm a huge Captain America what? fan, and what? he's maybe the only character who has some is going somewhere in this movie. Everyone else is what? just spinning in circles, and I love the banter oh at God. times. And I really like the relationships between Captain America and Thor and uh, Black Widow and the Hulk at times. But the these stories aren't going down. anywhere. Yeah, the banter the is a step down. The, I'll, I'll the tell you why. Shit, the language joke who the Captain America rests on. The oh, I like that. I think is so funny. It's not. I like funny. that. I like that because it's Captain America stuff. But I really but think le- that this is Captain America one hundred and one. I, mean, I, I think. Ca- this is, this I is think. Our uh, movie with this guy. Come on, Robert. D- Robert Downey Jr. is a problem in this movie. He's a. He's trying to. He's a showboat in the worst way. Even worse than in the first Avengers. Trying to steal scenes. It feels more competitive in this movie. And Joss Whedon gives Jeremy Renner a lot more to do, which is fun. But it's all very frivolous. They owe him after giving him nothing in the first. Yeah, I just feel like this movie takes so goes in so many different directions. It doesn't really have any arcs that feel set up for future movies. There's one scene that comes to mind where I'm like, okay, this is going to continue in whatever the next movie is, but nothing really concludes at the end 
of Avengers Age of Ultron, unlike all the standalone movies, or unlike the Avengers, the first movie, you know? The first movie was about coming together as a team. The second one was about, you know, swimming in a pool and you know, they don't do anything. They're doing laps, this whole movie. I, uh, and it's a lot of fun I because the direction, I think, I, I will go against what David said, um, except for the first scene of this movie, which is just, we mentioned in our episode earlier this week, just totally destroyed my brain. I thought it was really unsuccessful in terms of mapping out the action, making it exciting and using long takes and having this team fight together. thought it was really unsuccessful and worried me quite a bit. And I remembered, though, that the first scene in Avengers was pretty horrible, too. The um, first half an hour of the Avengers. Yeah, it, it was not good. But nothing in Avengers Age of Ultron is as sublime to me as the first Avengers. But some of the some of the action is quite radical. I really like there's a fight between Iron Man and Hulk in this movie that I thought was really fun and had a lot of cartoony action, too. There's a scene where it's Iron so Man... It's totally cut. I no, I totally disagree. I, I totally disagree. That It's not what you were saying. It's just like shoot coverage and fill in the gaps. There's, you know, using longer takes and using punch-ins and literal punch-ups, you know, the... Iron Man, jump, uh-huh. Iron Man jumps into his uh, Hulkbuster arm or whatever and has this like pounding Hulk's face into the ground scene that's really, really funny and goes on for way too long in a good way. Um, did you guys see it in 3D? No. No. Did you? I did, and I would oh. say do not. Oh, wow. Ooh, it yeah. is really hard to keep track of all the things I can't that are moving around. I cannot and imagine. like internal geography of all these locations was very difficult. Yeah. I did it because I'm awesome at but, it. But, but I thought that the yeah. action in Age of Ultron was a step up from Avengers in terms of just like the wow factor, especially the ending too, which is a total response to Man of Steel, as which has been very much reported in in the lead up to this movie. That multiple it's all about saving people. Yeah, every, everything's in a response to Man of Steel. And I, yeah, I quite whole liked Iron it. The Iron Man scene and then the final one are both very... Very concerned with evacuating civilians. But the character well, stuff you can is just awful. Feel Josh I mean, Whedon waiting to wipe his hands of this and move on with his life. It's so lugubrious. The last thirty minutes, save this person, save that person. Eh. Who knows what the fuck is happening? I thought the middle movie. chunk just, was much more. There is not of a, slog. a single memorable shot in that entire big finale. Um, and and well, none, uh, none uh, of anything that's happening makes one, a lick of sense. One no, there's some, yeah, there's some great hero moments. Again, the swooping around the team and like, oh, there's an amazing slow motion splash page in the final sequence that is really, really cool. I, I totally disagree with you, David. Yes, yeah, so I want to get back to disagreeing with Patches about <laughs> the character development in this movie. Go at it. I think you mentioned the uh, the party scene in the beginning of the movie, which I think I would have watched, you know, for an in- half an hour like I thought that was such a fun scene to watch because these characters have been well established we do remember them fondly from the Avengers Joss Whedon should do much ado film. again but with all the Avengers characters but with instead, all the just Avengers. hanging out at his God, house I love yeah. that um, but then you get these threads that go throughout the entire movie that I think are pretty powerful you've got this flirtation going on between uh, Black Widow and the Hulk and not just because they're like two sexy people we want to see together but because they have real reasons to connect I think you get more from the Hulk and his internal struggle throughout this entire thing I think you get, I mean, it's kind of a ham-handed way when Scarlet Witch puts everyone kind of under this spell and they all have these weird flashes to their nightmares. But then you get a little bit of what's going on with Captain America. And I also think that developing Hawkeye works really nicely. I'm well, not let's that talk I'm about that in the spoiler movie. section because I totally okay, disagree. Yes. Well, so I, I thought that worked really well. I'm not saying that's the thing that I wanted the most of, but the scenes that give attention to him, I thought had some of the best jokes and some of the best human moments, including, you know, characters who are not Avengers at all. So I think that Joss Whedon still brings this element of it's not just that we're trying to save the world. Like he recognizes that Ultron's plan is kind of dumb. I defy any of you to explain what he actually oh, I have has no idea. planned. Um, and that we all what we want to root for is the people involved. And 
he's letting us rooting for the Avengers stand in for the idea of rooting for humanity. So, you know, the people who they're rescuing in the city, like, first of all, I like that the rescue effort and the end of the movie, you know, this this big final action sequence, it's not just fight the robots, it's actually rescue the people. It's giving them an objective other than fight, punch, kill, shoot. So that's really interesting, even if it doesn't make that much sense from a story perspective. And I also just think the sense of humanity and sense that these people matter really suffuses the entire thing and helps me get over a lot of the things about the story and the action that feel a little tired and kind of like what David said, like Joss Whedon's ready to get out of there. Well, see, I didn't feel like Ultron was enough of an extension of any of these characters or any of the problems percolating in in the world that they've come from. Um, I, you know, I, he's Ultron is tied to Tony Stark, Iron Man, and his ambitions and his, his need to protect the world. Um, and then there's this kind of side plot that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are also kind of all tied in, and that's why they're helping Ultron in certain points. And I, it's just a big mess. And as you mentioned, it it blur. It only continues to blur as the movie goes on. Like, why is he doing any of this stuff? He has an ambition to be human, despite wanting to be a robot and wipe humanity off yeah, the that face makes no of the planet sense. and apocalyptic visions. I don't know. It's it's that's where. The, the Avengers character stuff also blurs in, in, a, in a bad way. There's no one to follow in this movie. Like you're, you're championing the, the Hulk and Black Widow relationship. That's a whole movie. Like that doesn't need to get stuffed in here and there's no room for it. Like teasing it, it's not going to pay off later. I, I, have, I have no – it's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. These characters mess. are all so boring. Iron Man is an albatross on these movies. I mean he's – insufferable and Captain America perhaps the most interesting is given very little to do the Hulk's relationship with Scarlet uh, whatever the fuck is Scarlet Johansson rather than Scarlet Witch <laughs> is is a non-starter um, and, and feels completely from left field I don't know if it feels the same way for Dave who's been following this so closely for years but I was like wait what I thought she was flirting with Hawkeye um, Hawkeye's relationship no, they're best friends yeah, I don't know. None of these characters, I don't give a damn. And, and by the time they're trying to force Colby Smolders into there, I'm like, stop trying to make her happen. She's not a real character in this movie. Let it go. I feel the same way None about these- Thor. I feel the same way about Chris Hemsworth, who has this side plot that really is all about infinity, infinity stones and mythology. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is going on in this movie? But Chris Hemsworth is great in the own, his own Thor movies. So I'm not going to count that against him. That was a, that's a problem. I think nah, I you're feeling falling into the movie's trap. Stop but, celebrating uh, Dave, him for things that happen in other films. Dave, you can maybe answer. I, it feels like they cut out a lot of Thor story from this movie. Yeah, a lot of Thor story. Uh, you guys remember from this trailer, like a attractive black woman getting into the memory pool that you know she was in. I've heard some rumors that there was at some point going to be Loki in that um, sequence, the Asgard sequence, and um, sort of when he like goes to find answers. Uh, we see him go to Stellan Skarsgård, but he might uh, have gone somewhere else at some point. I mean, what do you think happened with this that Joss Whedon, I mean, Joss Whedon has talked before about how he doesn't like making director's cuts. Like, what happened with this one? I mean, was he just, like, not willing to fight the fight anymore? Um, I think that he ultimately chose efficiency in a world where his the first cut of this movie was much longer. Um, so... I think a lot of Thor things had to go and a couple of like cute scenes, you know, probably amongst rubble had to go, but we'll get them all. I think we're also going to get like an alternate ending on the meet the home video release. They've already announced. So I don't know. It's just like, 
there was a lot of moving pieces and they put Joss Whedon basically in charge of all the movies leading up to this. So he was allowed to, you know, put things in Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America 2 and whatnot to sort of set this up for him to I'm shoot the volleyball. I'm to hear what supposedly got set up from this in Guardians of the Galaxy. But we can talk about that in spoilers. Uh, yes. Anyway, I mean, but the 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 point the point being is that he this is like him bringing it home, and then he's going to hand it to somebody else, who's going to be the the Russos are probably going to be the architects uh, of the the rest of the, the architect phase. like the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it takes a lot of time off of your life, and it's like yeah, this movie's sort of like an impossible Gordian knot of plot to get through, and you have to stay on these buoyant moments. Uh, that are enjoyable, and unlike the first Avengers, where I don't think I don't think there's anything as awesome as Hulk versus Loki from the first Avengers, but there are very striking moments, and a lot of them are quiet moments in uh, Age the, of the way you, for me. The way were. you described Joss Whedon directing this movie makes me think that he got home from the shoot, and it was like Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. He came home, and like 700 years have passed, and he's watching years. home videos of his grown-up children being like, oh god, why did I make this movie? <laughs> they told me it wasn't going to be this long. Yeah, yeah, basically. I think he took one look at the shooting schedule for Infinity <laughs> War, or Civil War, or whatever, and he was like, oh, Nine hell months. no. <laughs> <laughs> I am done. Um, Dave, before we jump into spoiler section, again, you followed the, this movie from the very beginning. How did it live up to what you were either hoping for or what you expected? Like, do you feel like this is a success? It made me happy in the world where I have to chase spoilers both because i enjoy it and because i could make money off of it is if the the plot if the plot doesn't matter that sort of means that more people we could talk more about these like you know who's claw and what's uh, what's uh wakanda and like it's going to be mentioned in the next movie when you know we're talking about that six months in advance it doesn't matter because you have to sort of be there and live these conversational moments and that's what's making Marvel movies now. They're sticking to the formula where it's like there's going to be a huge info dump somewhere in the middle and then there's going to be a whole bunch of flying CGI things at the end. But if they could keep me tuning in for other reasons, like I tune into individual issues of a comic book, then that get, that gives me hope. Okay. Uh David, I know you kind of feel like the Marvel universe is spinning off in a direction in which there is no reason to have hope. <laughs> am I correct in saying that? You passed the yeah, threshold. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I would, of course, be lying if I said that I haven't taken some pleasure in making fun of these movies in the past. But um, believe it or not, I have been excited to see what comes next, um, even if just from a cinematic perspective to see how they would develop the grammar or, or you know less so about the you're characters. also a big josh um, brolin fan so you're waiting of, of course of course um, <laughs> Infinity and War. here the grammar is so dull the characters are the only thing i think it found interesting and the movie seemed to disagree with me and uh now i couldn't really care less about any of these characters um i'm you know somewhat excited about ant-man only because it's something new um and i'd like to see what Paul Rudd can do in, in the situation, the mechanics of having a guy shrink down to that size, etc. Uh, but you, you'd have to pay me a substantial amount of money to sit through Civil War right now. Um, I, I'm so you will get paid. Money. I, I hope yeah. so. But I'm right so business. so done with this shit. Uh, 
I I am really I am just tired out. I think that it is spinning its own wheels. Um, and between the firing of Edgar Wright and how this movie sets up something of moderate interest before uh, submarining it into all the usual shtick is all the proof that I need that life is too short. Um, and I'm wow. done. <laughs> You're not done though. You're gonna see the next one. I will see them, but I'm uh, much yeah, more resigned. Spider Man will be in a that much one. more resigned place than I was going into this one. Well, I found it exhilarating. Well. Quote no, you the, the trailer that I'm quoting. The trailer is a lie. The I really did. I mean, I should emphasize again: we're in disagreement here on either side of the line. That I thought the action was really successful in this movie, especially in the latter half. Um, whereas I thought the character was really muddled in an unfortunate way because that's kind of why we love the first avengers movie um but as far as the action you know if you're going to overstuff it at least go this route where you go to great heights and 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 new depths i don't know it was just madness what joss whedon does on screen i thought it was much more than just shooting the shit coverage wise yeah it's gonna be weird to see if james bond can uh stay just like the classier looking action series. It will not have anything a hard like this time big. doing what? that. Of course I can't wait for those. Of course it will. Yeah, you, you see, uh, what was it, Skyfall? I mean, there is more artistry <laughs> in a single shot in Sky, Skyfall. Yeah. David needs another martini. He isn't coming back. Uh, so I'm going to get give myself the last word before our spoiler Do section, it. I guess. And speak up in favor of Ultron, who I thought was actually a pretty great uh, No, you really didn't. glad. I <laughs> His plan doesn't make any sense, but he is an interesting and like and the fact that he is kind of born of Tony Stark did not really reflect that well. Except that Spader put it in the performance. I was really enjoyed listening to him and hearing him throw Tony Stark's back Tony Stark's jokes back at him and kind of be this force of chaos. I you know, I wish he'd been a little bit more chaotic, maybe even more like Loki and kind of, you know, not in it for a big grandmaster world dominating plan, but something a little more emotional and different. But I was really grateful to have, have him added to the mix. And I think about that and I think about a lot of other smaller things that I liked about it. And I really, I do think I like this movie. I don't think it's, I mean, it doesn't hold up to the Avengers for me, but I also feel like it will grow on me as time goes on. I think there are enough individual things in this that I really enjoy that kind of the way that we all pretend that the Avengers doesn't have a horrible beginning I'll be able to kind of enjoy this for what really works for me. Yeah, some night you'll be eating pizza on like a Sunday night and you'll be like, I could watch an eighth of Age of Ultron right now. And it'll be like binge watching. It'll be like an eighth. Uh, Michael will be tearing up the kitchen yeah. and you'll have to put out your hand and stroke his palm to calm him down. You'll be like, yeah, thank you, what, Avengers Age of Ultron. That's what marriage is like, you guys. You could watch Just a whole like, eighth uh, of the movie. Wow. Um, so we're going to move into spoiler section and then really get into this thing. What is there to spoil in this movie? Bum, I'm bum, 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 well, Dave, Dave, Dave wants to talk about. Well, we want. I did Hulk. I want to talk about Vision for <laughs> yeah, sure. The, yeah, definitely about that, Vision. That's really and what the spoiler I, I section t- is for. I, Let's talk about the Vision, but who is the awesomest character? And I mean, yes, that he's, right. he's the least awesomest character. <laughs> no counterpoint. No. Right. Counterpoint. <laughs> no. Why patches? Why does Vision work? The Vision work because he really should. He really should. It like no. reaches admit new the should not work. nerdy heights in this movie. I was just laughing my <laughs> ass off when Vision gets up because the the playfulness too. Uh, I'll give Joss Whedon in this in terms of character, which I was disparaging in the non spoilers section. Um, I love the the party scenes and like picking up the hammer and all these kind of macho dynamics the guys in the group have, and also their fear of 
technology and being protectors, that very much comes through in, in certain sections of the film. And I think the most successful character scene is actually when Vision shows up and when he's been created. I wish the nonsense that brought him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe made a little more sense because what Ultron is making a human body of himself for himself. So okay. his, his original his original plan is to whatever upgrade. healed Hawkeye in the beginning to- of the movie has created an organic shell for him, right? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, Dr. Helen Cho's artificial thing mixed with some vibranium plus the knowledge of the God, internet. God, this movie is Right, that whole Wakanda... Well, it's, it's, it's stupid. That whole it's, Wakanda it's, side plot about getting the vibranium or whatever, that is a disaster of logic and coherency. Yes, that's just setting up Black Panther. It's I know, it's yeah. terrible. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was no, so, really so gratifying to hear Dave just be like, it's ridiculous. He knows it. It's fine. Even I Hawkeye knows it. He's like, this makes yeah. no but, sense. Look, but the reason that you go along on that journey is to let Andy Serkis have his scene where he's Andy Serkis and then Ultron pops up behind him and it's fine. That's And then they get to fight out of it and then Hulk smashes Iron Man. It's... Like it, uh, I like seeing Andy Circus. Yeah, and then and like, who cares if the you know visions brought to life by the electrifying the Mind Stone, like which makes no I sense. Just, I got so frustrated. That I I literally didn't know until the end of the scene whether or not Thor wanted Vision to come to life or not. Like I couldn't figure out what he was trying to do, and it came after this long detour for Thor into the something pools with Stellan Skarsgård, and I didn't understand that, that happened. And that was Dave, that was a point. What where, happened like, in the, that scene? The, like what was so great about the Avengers is that you felt like Joss Whedon was really in control of the entire thing, and like as you know, as unsuccessful as some scenes might be, it does it feels like it's leading somewhere. And at that point in the movie, it was like I don't think I feel like they're just throwing out these breadcrumbs for future things and not making any sense with what's actually being presented. Well, uh, but yes, the vision I, is awesome. Yes, well, but I agree with you about Thor. But like the thing is, it's like Thor. Thor's doubting himself scene sucks in the first Avengers. If you recall, he stands in a field from afternoon until dusk looking at his hammer and then he picks it up. <laughs> Wait, what and is what is all dial it back? What is awesome about Vision? What am I missing? Because he just seemed it was like Mortal Kombat. It's like, oh, there's the guy in the black and the yellow versus the guy in the black and the blue. <laughs> like he's just different color. He's yes, an he's infinity stone from Mortal okay, Kombat. He's a sentient <laughs> infinity stone. And uh, every time you hear infinity stone, just shoot yourself in the face. No, okay. I, no, he's I, not I, a He's not a sentient. He's not a sentient Infinity Stone. He's Jarvis. Oh you know, yes, body. yes, he's Jarvis. I, mean, I, literally I think the Infinity name. Stones are the worst thing about the Marvel. And movies. and when, when the when kiss Vision of death. Up and he's played by Paul Bettany, and he's played by Paul Bettany with his face painted with rubber around his face, like he's not mocap. He's this human skin, and it. it's so interesting and visually fascinating to look at. And then he kind of shows. It is up not. It looks like Red Skull. He's telling all of the people in the group, like, get your shit together and start fighting this guy. He's like, what, I love the role he plays among the characters that have been developed so, at that point. But the real kiss of death that I think we can't overlook is uh, something that the post credit scene in this movie hammers home, uh, oh, which God. is that Thanos is uh, is a disaster. And, uh, he's a disaster. You've seen him in like one scene exactly. in three different movies. I, I don't want to get away. But he's in a lot more of Guardians of the Galaxy than you think. He really. is, but he. I just see him and think of Sully from Monsters Inc. And it's Josh. I, I've said this on Twitter that that I would be a lot more afraid of Thanos if it were Thanos playing Josh Brolin than the other way around. Har har har. Uh, um, and uh, I, I really don't. I. I 
These movies are supposed to lead you forward to the next chapter. I've never been less interested in what comes next, ever. But the vision movies. is okay, so cool. Vision. Like I like the vision yeah. because he's he's kind of David from AI meets I don't know Neo. I don't. He's he's all sorts of craziness. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Just like he's visually striking. He has a ridiculous costume. It seems so comic booky, and that's not normally a, a compliment for. And I I enjoy reading comic books. You know, I enjoy splash pages and and logic and footnotes that tell me to read other issues and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on half the time. This is why I read Green lantern comic books um and <laughs> and while we know that the green lantern movie may not be that successful in your guys opinion um this is reaching like green lantern levels of nerd bringing this character to life and seeing yeah, him interact guys, and being and like such an Hoffman. alien such an alien presence in this group too and being the yeah. wisest among them and like be having this kind of transcendent knowledge but also like learn he he really feels like david from ai but I, and I don't give you a and George, shit about jo- Green Lantern or comic books, and I like the character. You and Jordan so. often are always celebrating things for their own, for the, the sake of their nerdishness. Like, oh, mm. the Dark Elves, Malekith, and the Dark World. So nerdy, the portal. Well, I'll tell you why. I, I have an explanation for that. I have but, an explanation but for but that. you guys love the Green Lantern because you're still so gobsmacked that something so nerdy could end up on screen. Get over it. This is what's happening well, in the I, I completely world now. This nerdy shit happens sure. in the movies. That is not enough. Feel free, feel free to undermine that, but if you can appreciate pure spectacle if you can go into something and just appreciate on a visceral visual level then i think you can do the same with creative twists and going down strange avenues of of creativity and imagination and if you can if you're if you're able to massage something like the vision into a movie and it can be ridiculous and it can kind of lampoon itself at the same time like people the characters in Avengers, Age of Ultron, acknowledge how silly Vision is. They're, like, astounded that something like this could walk out of a machine and be part of their team and then be smarter than them. Um, this is astounding in its own right, and it can and it can take giant leaps of imagination. And that is the vis- visceral pleasure of, of quote-unquote, nerdiness. Uh, you, you don't appreciate it because it's not something you value um, over, you know, cinematic spectacle, but it's the same thing for me. Yeah, I'm gonna I agree say, with Patches, and I hate Green Lantern. I'm going to say a little bit – I'm going to add a little bit to that, which is that he comes in exactly at the point of the movie that you, like, are, you feel that its premise is running thin. Like, Tony Stark's about to do the same thing again. If things turn out like they usually do, they're going to go back on a loop. Everybody's fighting. It's like you want the movie to sort of come out and slap everybody at that point. And what it does is it it sends Magenta Paul Bettany to just come in and, like, just with a few simple statements and actions takes control of everything. And then we're just ready for the finale and everybody's together. What feels interesting, he's so much crazier than anything in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. Well, see, that's the other thing I like. Like, pre-Avengers, I kept saying, like, I'm done with these movies where, like, we have to go through the origins of the superheroes and what are their powers, and each power is a metaphor for these things that they do. Vision just exists, and Thor's like, he's the most powerful thing ever. And, like, we don't learn anything about what he can do until he does it, like, in an action scene that's sort of in the background. Yeah. So, so I, like, he, and, uh, he just when, emerges fully formed. When he and Iron Man start shooting rays at Ultron <laughs> and, like, very near the end of it, I was like, "Oh, he has a ray in the in his forehead." Right. Didn't know. That. Or he creates All a right. cape just because Thor has a cape. Sure, he'll have a cape too. <laughs> why the fuck not? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I can't even describe this and say why I like it because most. So yes, many you can for this exact drive me crazy for this exact reason that I mean, I'm explaining. Yes. It's just a visceral pleasure of seeing 
something like this work in a way that you're not just scoffing or rolling your eyes and it being believable? The fact that it gets away with this imagination imagine is if pleasure. You wanted, imagine if you wanted to see Fonzie jump a shark on some skis, <laughs> and then suddenly the show's like, hey, check this out. That's what it's sort of like. I mean, I hope... If, I hope- uh, I honestly don't even remember what happens to Vision at the end of the movie. I hope he's in the new Avengers. He gets to kill the last he Ultron. He's bot. part of the new. Yeah. yeah, he kills Ultron in the, the least and satisfying scene ever. At the new head, I liked it. Is he yes, at the new he's he and Scarlet Witch, and I guess like you know more Elizabeth Olsen, which I'm always Anthony down Mackie. for. Anthony Mackie, whose character is god awful, and War Machine. Some other War Machine is mean, probably like, there. Avengers, yeah. Avengers, the new class, right? I mean, they even say new Avengers. Mackie I thought because of you like Anthony Mackie, which is fine. No, but his I character liked him sucks. Captain America. I like his purpose in that movie a lot. No, <laughs> no. David I'm, was I'm never done. gonna I, like this movie. When Come does can start? I can't even. <laughs> I, Let's argue I, about Don Draper now. Too. I had really faith good. in Joss Whedon, and I feel like he threw in the towel. I mean, okay, Dave, I do want to get your read on the Joss Whedon throwing in the towel in this. Like, does that worry you about the future of it? How someone who is as interesting as Joss Whedon, who's been as important to this franchise, could walk away so clearly exhausted and, like, kind of frustrated with the whole thing? No, I don't think Joss Whedon. I think Joss Whedon is, he is talented, but he is more talented not as a director. Uh, Like, as a writer-producer, perfect. Uh for movies, great, but probably more for television because I think well, he's a producer he has, at heart. I think that's a problem. Like the the Marvel movies function well, best a, he, under the eye of Kevin Feige. He's making these movies, and Joss Whedon rubs against him clearly. Well, I don't think there's that much conflict of interest. I think it's just uh, Joss Whedon would like to have full control over something, but not necessarily always be responsible for the minutia. You know, he's the person that, you know, ran like three TV shows at the same time, Firefly, Angel, and Buffy for like two years, which sounds like a superhuman impossibility. But like as a director, he did like Serenity and that kind of didn't work. And that's why Marvel got him to do this is because he was sort of like an on the cheap, you know, same way with, you know, getting Jon Favreau to do Iron Man. Just sort of like someone who could do a cool action movie, maybe if they had a budget or they saw Zathurst, was it? Zathurst. Zathurst. Anyway, but yeah, he sort of became this larger than life blockbuster director now, this press tour that's like super tired. But like uh, this, yeah, this is a tiring job and it takes a certain type of person to do it and do it happily. And that's not Joss Whedon. Maybe they'll I'm hire totally Aaron Taylor Johnson to direct one of the Marvel. <laughs> well, I think the Rousseaus are a great, per, like a great team to do it because, like, the stuff they did on Community was making sure each episode, you know, when they were directing in like season two, had a different feel. And so, you're, someone like that visually working with new directors to make each Marvel movie feel different than the rest. Sounds like much better than Joss Whedon trying to make sure that all his characters line up for his next comma in like the overall universe. So I, it's, 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 I'm very happy with what he did, but he sort of got like Mark Webb on this one in the <laughs> sense that he made, he made too much movie and then they cut a whole bunch of stuff down and certain things were successful and certain things weren't. So like the Hulk doesn't go to space. Instead, they right, have a shot of an iPad. Explain this. Okay, so he's in the Quinjet and he looks up. 
And even there's even a line where Banner's like, there's no place on this planet that I could be safe or I could make, you know, keep everybody safe from me. And then Nick Fury walks up at the, you know, tour, two seconds before the end and on an iPad, it's like, and I guess he ditched himself somewhere here. And like, we're not looking at anybody's face. It's like another shot. We know from an interview that the Scarlet Witch plates that were shot for the very end were actually supposed to be Captain Marvel plates. Uh, and I think Thor was supposed to set up Ragnarok much more than just uh, Heimdall saying they were all in hell. So it's like all those things. Wait, uh, Heimdall got... actually said the Idris Elba thing actually mentioned that they're in some sort of hell. I had no idea. Yeah, he of hell. Says that in the dream. He says, like, come join us in hell. Jesus, and... I had no idea what was going on in any of those flashbacks. I mean, the Steve Rogers one is the best. Julie Delpy was in the... Julie Delpy, so yeah. I was talking to Dave off podcast about this, but like for people who watch Agent Carter, I am very curious if there's a connection to Black Widow growing up in Russia and being trained by ballet spies uh, and and what happens in Agent Carter. You can get back to Dave. Yeah. That's the same <laughs> same program. I think it's, it's, really, it's program. Yeah, I think it is. I think the showrunner said it was. So anyway, there's a lot of a lot of this is like for our main trio this is like setting up their next appearances and then it's a really interesting movie for me for Iron Man because it's like uh, his trilogy's over there's no thing in his chest and for the first movie that he's in there isn't some sort of joke about the thing in his chest because it's just not there and so with him sort of like conquering his personal demons like his character exists basically to make him a dick for the next movie and like that's his only purpose, like in the arc, and it kind of worked for me. Yeah, but what's but weird I, about the ending of this movie is that it doesn't. It plays they play up that kind of clash between Iron Man and Captain America in that one scene, but it's not a through line in Avengers: Age Ultron, and that's kind of a problem. Like that seems to be the only drive well, really this movie has. Of the first movie, I think. Really? Yeah, but I mean, well, they're I mean, really they clashing. They have so a big fight. The movie. They have a big fight over the creation of Vision. When Banner and Stark are making Vision in that like test tube baby thing, and then Captain America comes in and is like, "No, you cannot play God. Stop it!" And then they fight, and then they they just move on. Like it's not a big deal. Vision at all. just Vision just shows up and presses pause, but like that's all now for uh, Captain America. Yeah, but they're Civil hugging War. it out at the end of the movie. But Tony's not at the facility, the new Avengers facility. It's very unclear where he's. Wait, going. where are they movie, in that everyone scene? Everyone just kind of bounces they hug at the end yeah but like why aren't they in the new avengers tower no, i didn't thought they get were destroyed. outside and they were where the new avengers have assembled no yeah, no I, the new avengers are in upstate new york that's like where tony compound. is no i'm pretty oh sure God. no tony's at his tower back to the tape no i guarantee you tony is uh, not on the new avengers they're team. definitely like in nature yeah they're around oh, the yeah trees. but then he's yeah, yeah, but then Tony Stark drives off in his car. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, no, I'm a completely agreeing. Stark Tower, though. He's not part of the new Avengers team. I know, but they still the hug. No. That's the key. Yes, they, no, no. Bro they're, hugs they're were fine. They're fine, but then, like, now they have to set up. Like, the Civil War still needs to be its own movie. You can't have the inciting incident So what you're saying is happen there will be Ultron. more Marvel movies. I'm saying that <laughs> this only existed for all of these characters to pivot, even to the point where it's like, the vision saves Scarlet Witch at oh, that yes. emotional moment, and they stare into each other's eyes. They have for a, a romance in the comic books, Katie. It's, Are you excited? It's gonna be great. Vision and Scarlet Witch. No. Are you excited, yeah. David? What? 
I fell asleep a few minutes ago. I don't know. What Wait, about. we should we should wrap up the spoiler section, but we should we didn't even talk about Quicksilver dying. And if we're going to talk about spoilers, we should talk about Quicksilver dying. Oh, yeah. How do you kill Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson, Mister Personality? You need somebody to maybe, die. Maybe right. dying. You need somebody to die to remind people that there are consequences to these movies, even though there actually aren't. Uh, and he is the obvious mark. Elizabeth Olsen is too attractive, uh, and her powers are too useful narratively in order to kill. Just deconstruct um, Hollywood for me. Why don't you? Hey, Dave, so, is this because they're going to try and uh, mess with the X-Men movies and they only need one Quicksilver? Possibly. Quicksilver's always died in every version of the script that I've heard about. Although, is he so even in the new X-Men around. movie? Uh, yeah, they still have him. Well, I don't know. There's, people are falling like flies off the Channing Tatum's like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the new X-Men movie. And then Brian Singer's like, this might be the end for me in my universe. So, yeah, X-Men's in flux. Weird. Don't well, even get me Marvel started on that. <laughs> I, would, I would take Aaron Taylor Johnson as my Quicksilver. I like him better than the other guy. Wow. He could be back. He could be I've back. I've always been an Aaron Taylor Wait, Johnson Aaron Taylor defender. Johnson could come back as Quicksilver? I guess this is oh, comic yeah. book world. Anything can happen. Well, it's like they set up that he has like a super metabolism, which could possibly include healing. They have him shot and basically laugh it off a little bit before. And then the last shot of him is laying next to Hawkeye when they're in similar positions and Hawkeye's not dead. So there's all these visual cues that we're in the goddamn comic book universe. So like you, you could don't go into this movie <laughs> expecting anyone to die. I, I hope because they probably didn't. Eating his own. Yeah. Show and, yeah, exactly. Did they ever explain why? Yes. Have oh, they ever explained? You're on that opening show? up like, a huge can of words right now. Okay, you know so, I don't. Do you want to know about the I, Inhumans I, no, already, I am, Katie? I'm so sorry. I asked. I who are really who are know. the Inhumans? Oh my god! Don't ask. You see, don't talk you're changed by Terrigen mists because <laughs> you have Cree ancestry. You get special. No, this is actually how Quicksilver could come back. I really hope that Wait, Infinity so... War Quicksilver just runs into a scene and everyone's like, "Quicksilver, how did you?" Hey and he's just like, "Shut the fuck up, just fight." Wait, so <laughs> do we fight. do we know who the actors playing the Inhumans are yet, or are they yet to be cast? Vin Diesel could there be are one. Inhumans. I, oh, I mean, we don't know for the movie, but there are Inhumans already on the TV show. On a TV show. Yeah, the uh, the agents of shields. The and there's a whole hidden shield. A whole hidden maybe Daredevil gets in there. Oh, Daredevil, God. maybe the Marvel babies. Can I shout out to uh, Linda Cardellini, who's in this movie and I didn't know? Oh about. yeah, and uh, who who gets maybe the movie's best line where she tells Hawkeye, "You know, I've always supported your avenging." <laughs> yeah, I did like that line. <laughs> so really, cool. oh, we, you know, we didn't talk about that scene, you. the Field of Dreams moment. Total disaster for this movie. Really did not like that whole Hawkeye has a Wait. family thing. I loved all oh, that stuff. Garbage. I liked it. Really. Boring. What would you rather him have? I mean, it was nice to have a deep breath. A dog. You know, after all the fighting, and then before all the fighting, but um, didn't really need. I like that it gave it gave Scarlet or uh, it gave Black Widow good character shading. It gave Hawkeye something to do. Linda Cardellini was good in it. You got. Captain America and Tony Stark chopping wood. I liked all of that stuff. Do you remember that, like, every time S.H.I.E.L.D. was in a movie from, like, Iron Man 3 onward, like, somebody would be like, where's Hawkeye during all this? And Joss <laughs> Whedon's like, we're going to tell you. I don't you remember go. any of that, and I never asked where's <laughs> Hawkeye, but now I Where's Hawkeye? When Poochie isn't on screen, all the other characters <laughs> should be asking, where's Poochie? Jeremy Renner, the worst. so hard now that you said that. <laughs> the worst. Um... 
All right. Any other spoiler thoughts on the? Oh God, there's so much movie. No, no more. Oh wait, wait, wait. What about the? What about the very, very end? There's so much movie, and you guys brought you up the Inhuman Thanos. You are the monsters. <laughs> yeah. How Fuck he finally you, he finally gets the idea that maybe he shouldn't farm out. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I hate that I can be underwhelmed by a post-credit stinger at this point in my life. I did leave the movie being like, "That's it." Yeah. Mostly because there's so much talk online about like Captain Marvel, and we know who's playing I, Black Panther, I and we know this man. and that. Like, film a scene with someone new, or like really kick me in the ass and set me up for the next movie. Punt me into Captain America: Civil War. Jeez, I'm not going to see I Thanos again for like four years. Yeah, and fuck also, that guy. I also laugh because it was like a retcon because we saw that goddamn thing in Thor one. It's in Asgard. What, what thing? Oh, the gauntlet? The glove he puts on? Yeah. yeah. Where'd he get he it, by it the way? How did he get it? He's just, he, he's apparently always had it in, in this new Maybe continuity. he has two Infinity Gauntlets, and Thor has no. one, and he has the, the right arm. I don't know. Oh, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Dave's like, yes, wait, that's correct. There are two. <laughs> it wait, said wait, so on this Wikipedia multiple, page. Multiple Infinity Gauntlets. Oh, my God. Um, I'm with did, David. I did never Stan Lee, hear the phrase Did Stan Lee serve in World War II? I have no idea. Is he a fake veteran? Or is that what you're saying in that scene? Well, because Jack Kirby did, and it would be really fucked up if Stan Lee can was I, in the I movie defective. taking credit for Jack Kirby shit again. Can I die now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> this I think is your cue. Oh, I was gonna lend it. I was gonna give it to Dave because Dave's in on here. But it, well, I'll do it. Why not? Uh, what classic work of literature? This was in honor of uh, what? What movie is coming out this weekend? Far from the Madding Crowd. <laughs> yes, that Dave. Did you like it? Ultron. You saw it. I didn't see it. No. Oh, David saw it. David, one I sentence. Like it. uh, it's all it really deserves. It's art. Fun and frothy period piece. Carrie Mulligan's great. There you go. Maybe she'll be in a Marvel movie someday. Maybe there's a post credit stinger. Uh, anyway, what classic work of literature do you want to see adapted? And maybe who who is your big name star to, to lead that movie? I'm going first because I want do it. Mine. Uh, the best Captain K says, I want David Ehrlich as the modern day Holden Caulfield, which he already sort of is. Oh, is that a burn? You know, sometimes <laughs> I just want to be Stop a deaf mute. Stop leaving everyone's lacrosse gear on the subway, David. <laughs> phony. You're all phony. Uh, <laughs> Dave, how about you? Welcome welcome to the main podcast. It was really nice to have you. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, PC Case Study. It says Jekyll and Hyde with Michael Fassbender because I want it to also be like a traditional like version where Jekyll starts off like small or Hyde starts off small and shriveled and as he gets more uh, more powerful he sort of becomes and looks more like Jekyll so then you could do some like crazy Michael Fassbender just stuff for more Michael Fassbender did you ever What's see crazy David Hasselhoff's version of Jekyll and Hyde the musical I did I did not I highly recommend <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh do you uh, no okay um, uh, I guess I'll go because there's silence. I'm going with at Jesse Carp, who said uh, Lord and Miller's The Phantom Tollbooth, an unknown lead. OK, 
Come on. <laughs> Man up, Jesse Carp. Pick somebody. Uh, and then with Tatum and Hill as Talk and Humbug. That sounds great. I would love, I mean, I love the animated Phantom Tollbooth, but there seems like a lot of room in the CG backdrop age to do something really fun and kooky with it. David, what about uh, you? I'll go with Julia Fadul because his answer, I mean, I would see this movie, I guess. <laughs> I would be upset if it were the only option. Uh, but he says Slaughterhouse-Five starring Dane DeHaan, who was a popular choice in this week's responses, and John Hawks as Pilgrim and Lazaro, respectively, Ava DuVernay directs. Now, I, I am on team Ava DuVernay should direct everything, so that's fine. I'm not sure... Why in particular she should direct the project, but I have no problem with it. Uh, Dane DeHaan, okay. Uh, and I feel like he's already whatever, fallen. Whatever. whatever. Uh, I would like happily, yeah, he's gone. Happily see this. this he's movie. not a rising young. Listen, one bad Spider-Man movie does not a career. Really. I, uh, we'll see it about might. that. It might. Yeah, I don't know. Alfred Molina. No, Alfred Molina. He's also he's yeah, also Alfred Molina. In, Sorry, he was in the good one. Uh, in Anton Corbin's supposedly dreadful James Dean biopic Life. So that could be Who's two. Seen that movie? Everyone at Berlin. What happened um, to Thomas Hayden? Church? Yeah, I was about to say, Katie, if you're going to reference a, a Raimi oh, era Spider Man, <laughs> uh, no, I, I meant Spider Man. Thomas Hayden Church and Topher oh, Grace. Topher Grace. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ! Maybe a Spider Man like can ruin a career. Right? Oh God. Topher Grace um, has a blog now that I like. Your <laughs> God. That's the saddest thing I've that ever. That movie heard. is full of people who don't work that much anymore. I guess Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, Bryce in a Dallas new... Howard. Well, she's in. Yeah, she's, she's in Jurassic got World, work. for better or for worse. Anyway. Yeah, but All like right. before that, there was like a two-year gap. No, yeah, Spider-Man Three is poison. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that does it for this week's fighting in the war room. Uh, next week, oh, what's the next blockbuster? There's so many. Now. Nothing next They're week, really. Gonna... Wait, we'll really? have to figure wow. it out. Yeah, thought... we'll have to do something. Yeah, they're, they're, everyone's getting hot. out of the way of Avengers. Hot next week is Ant-Man. Oh, Hot Pursuit. Most important movie, the other most important movie of the spring next week. Oh, God. Thank God next week is not Ant-Man. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) Uh, No. No. Dave Gonzalez, we will kill you. Anyway, we'll be back next week talking about some things. In the meantime, tell the people who you are. I'm Matt Patches. I'm the senior writer of Esquire.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. I'm David Ehrlich. I am the associate film editor of Time in New York, editor at Large Little White Lies. I was drunk throughout this entire episode. I wonder if you noticed. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. Spoiler! At, said at uh, Little White Lies, W-L-W-L-I-E-S, and Time Out U.S. Film. Uh, I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at DA7E, and I write at Latino-Review, Forbes.com, and Geek.com. While you're listening to this, I am in Estes Park, Colorado at the Stanley Film Festival, and you're going to hear about it here at fightinginthewarroom.com. That's very exciting. Estes Park is beautiful. Uh, I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at vanityfair.com or on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. (laughs) 